0: This is the Jesus Storybook Bible, and I think it is probably my favorite of all of the translations. Um, Partly because it is packed full of truth, just like all the other Bibles, and partly because it has really nice pictures. Um, And the good news is that we get to enjoy those pictures today. So, I'm going to read you. some of the story from Easter, the Easter story. If anyone has been into Worcester Cathedral this week, you might have spotted that they've got um, a garden in there, amongst other things. It's pretty amazing, but Annie and I went to go and see it the other day, and as we walked around the cathedral, she um, asked me to tell her, or I decided I'd tell her some of the Easter story, but she couldn't hear me very well because I was trying to whisper because I was in the cathedral. She kept asking me to get louder, and in the end, I very loudly told the whole of the Easter story to everyone in the cathedral. Um, (laughs) So I'm well-practiced, and um, I'm going to tell this story. Hopefully, we'll have some really beautiful pictures pop up at the right moments. Here we go. So you're a king, are you? The Roman soldiers jeered. Then you'll need a crown and a robe. They gave Jesus a crown made of thorns. And put a purple robe on him and pretended to bow down to him. Your majesty, they said. Then they whipped him and spat on him. They didn't understand that this was the prince of life, the king of heaven and earth who had come to rescue them. The soldiers made a sign, our king, and nailed it to a wooden cross. They walked up a hill outside the city. Jesus carried the cross on his back. Jesus had never done anything wrong. But they were going to kill him the way criminals were killed. They nailed Jesus to the cross. Father, forgive them, Jesus gasped. They don't understand what they're doing. You say you've come to rescue us, the people shouted, but you can't even rescue yourself. But they were wrong. Jesus could have rescued himself, A legion of angels would have flown to his side if he'd called. If you really were the son of God, you could just climb down off that cross, they said. And of course they were right. Jesus could have just climbed down. Actually, he could have just said a word and made it all stop. Like when he healed that little girl and stilled the storm and fed 5,000 people. But Jesus stayed. You see, They didn't understand. It wasn't the nails that kept Jesus there. It was love. Papa, Jesus cried, frantically searching the sky. Papa, where are you? Don't leave me. And for the first time, and the last, when he spoke, nothing happened. Just a horrible, endless silence. God didn't answer. He turned away from his boy tears rolled down jesus face the face of the one who would wipe away every tear from every eye even though it was midday a dreadful darkness covered the face of the world the sun could not shine the earth trembled and quaked the great mountains shook rocks split in two until it seemed that the whole world would break that creation itself would tear apart The full force of the storm of God's fierce anger at sin was coming down on his own son instead of his people. It was the only way God could destroy sin and not destroy his children whose hearts were filled with sin. Then Jesus shouted out in a loud voice, It is finished. And it was. He had done it. Jesus had rescued the whole world. Father, Jesus cried, I give you my life. And with a great sigh, he let himself die. Strange clouds and shadows filled the sky purple, orange, black, like a bruise. Jesus' friends carefully carried Jesus. They laid him in a new tomb carved out of rock. How could Jesus die? What had gone wrong? What did it mean? They didn't know anything anymore, except they did know their hearts were breaking. That's the end of Jesus, the leaders said. But just to be sure, they sent strong soldiers to guard the tomb. They hauled a huge stone in front of the door of the tomb so that no one could get in or out. Jesus' friends were sad. They would never see their best friend again. How could this happen? Just before sunrise, on the third day, God sent an earthquake and an angel from heaven. When the guards saw the angel, they fell down with fright. The angel rolled the huge stone away and sat on top of it and waited. At the first glimmer of dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other women headed to the tomb to wash Jesus' body. The friends walked quietly along the hilly path through the olive groves until they reached the tomb and immediately noticed something was odd. It was wide open. They peered through the opening in the dark, but wait, Jesus' body was gone. And something else. A shining man was there with clothes made from lightning. Don't be scared, the angel said. But they couldn't help it. They screamed anyway. The angel said to them, what are you doing here? This is a tomb. And tombs are for dead people. The women couldn't speak. And their heart. Jesus isn't dead anymore, the angel said. He's alive! And their hearts leapt, and the angel laughed with such gladness that they felt for a moment as if they had woken up from a nightmare. The other women rushed home, but Mary stayed behind. How could it be true? Jesus was definitely dead. How could he be alive? Just then, Mary heard someone else in the garden. Perhaps it's the gardener, she thought. He'll know where Jesus' body is. I don't know where Jesus is, Mary said urgently. I can't find him. But it was all right. Jesus knew where she was, and he had found her. Mary. Only one person said her name like that. She could hear her heart thumping. She turned around. She could just make out a figure. She shaded her eyes to see. And she thought she was dreaming. But she wasn't dreaming. She was seeing. Jesus! Mary fell to the ground. Sudden tears filled her eyes. In that moment, all she wanted was to cling to Jesus and never let him go. You'll be able to hold on to me later, Mary, Jesus said, and always be close to me. But now, go and tell the others that I'm alive. Mary ran and ran all the way to the city. She had never run so far and so fast in all her life. She felt she could have run forever. She didn't even feel like her feet touched the ground. The sun seemed to be dancing and gleaming and bounding across the sky, racing with her and shining brighter than she could ever remember in the clear, fresh air. And it seemed to her that morning as she ran, almost as if the whole world had been made new, almost as if the whole world was singing for joy. The trees, tiny sounds in the grass, the birds, her heart. Was Jesus really making everything sad come untrue? Was he making even death come untrue? She couldn't wait to tell Jesus' friends. They won't believe it, she laughed. And she was right, of course. Okay, we're not going to read any more of the story, but you can go home and read it if you like. Jesus is alive! I'm going to try one more time because you looked quite happy about that, but I'm not sure about these guys. Jesus is alive. And there are so many really, really good things about Jesus being alive. There are so many really, really good things about him dying and then coming back to life. He made all of those things untrue. That's the way that the Bible says it. He made sadness untrue. He made death come untrue he made fear come untrue because he died and then he came back to life again and some of those really really good things we're going to practice today okay we're going to have a go at living out some of those really really good things so i'm going to tell you a little bit about how we're going to do that um you're going to need some people. Okay? Look around and find your people. They might be your family. They might be your friends. You might need to adopt somebody into your family. Um, we're going to do this in little groups, in families, mums and dads. If you've got kids with you, then try and keep your kids with you because they will make this way more fun. Um, and around the room, we've got some different ways of understanding and living out the truth that Jesus is alive. Um, I'm going to try and show you. I'm going to explain them very briefly, but there are explanations at each of the different stations to help you, okay? Um, The first one is over here. All the way over there, stuck on the doors are some big pieces of paper. Over here, we are going to declare and celebrate that sickness is come untrue. When Jesus died on the cross, he died for your healing. And um, what we're going to do, we are going to draw some bodies up onto those big pieces of paper. We're going to find some people to stand against them and draw around them. Um, if you would like to be drawn around, then you need to get there quickly. Um, not right now. Don't worry. It's okay. It's not a race. In a minute. Um, And then we're going to write our prayers onto the body part that needs healing. So if you know somebody who's got a bad head, you can write a prayer on the shape of a head. If you know someone who's got a bad knee, etc. Okay? Um, We can also, there will be a little team of people there ready to pray for you. If you need some healing and you want someone to pray for you, there will be a team ready there. They are some of my best prayers. Um, Over here... Next station, over here, is what is God saying? One of the really great things about Jesus being alive is that we can hear him talking to us. Dead people don't talk, but alive people do. And when Jesus speaks to us, he always gives us really, really encouraging things to tell other people. And those of us who've been in church the past few weeks have been practicing doing this by listening to God I'm writing or drawing down the encouraging thing that God's saying. Sometimes we can give it to another person. Sometimes you're not sure who it's for and you might just want to stick it up over there. Um, and then you can go and peruse the things that have been stuck up there and pick the thing that is encouraging for you and take it home with you. Um, for more help with that, my daddy is going to be over there helping you out. Um, the next station is just behind the cakes. And this is such a good one, okay? This is all about fear coming untrue, okay? When Jesus died on the cross, it meant that you no longer have to be afraid or worried about anything. But sometimes there are still things that we worry about. Sometimes there are still things we're afraid of. And in youth, a few weeks ago, we figured out a really good way of dealing with those fears, um, that involves crushing and stamping and generally making quite a big noise. It is brilliant, and I can't wait for you to get to try it. Um, I've got... where I, uh, Where's my youth? Oh, Becca's over there. Becca and Charlie and some of the... Not Charlie. Thomas. Thomas and some of my youth are going to help you with that because they're experts. Um... Right around the corner, we've got this creative station where you can write, you can draw, you can color, um, anything in praise and worship of who God is. Okay, very easy and simple. And finally, we've got this table here where we can take communion together. This is an opportunity to think about the story that we've just heard and to praise Jesus for all that he's done for us. Are there any really big questions that you think everyone might be asking and you're asking it in your head? No? Excellent. Okay. We're going to do that for about 10 or 15 minutes. Okay? So we'll just see how we go. Try and do it within your little groups, within your little families or adopted families. Um, Try not to let anyone get left behind because it's much more fun doing this together. And then in about 10 or 15 minutes, I'm going to call everyone back here. Um, we're going to sing together, and then we're going to eat some more cake. Okay? Off you go.